podcast. It's late. It's like one o'clock in the morning, and uh, Randy and I just got back from uh, the Black Flag show, and uh, we're just going to get into some of our reflections on the show. And um, this is Randy, an old friend of mine, formerly of Cable, we played in for a number of years. And um, before we get into the podcast, I just want to thank everyone who's uh, left good comments and um, you know on iTunes, and it really helps us out with our standing in iTunes. And in case you want to follow me on Twitter, it's at MikeHillHQ.com. So, black flag, man. Yeah. It's sort of the culmination of the last several episodes because um, it seems like everyone I talk to, we always end up talking about black flag reunion and whether or not we were going to go or whether or not they should even bother doing the reunion. So. You know, what's your, what's your first impression now that it's been about 20 minutes or so since we've, uh, after the show, <laughs> it's like within an hour after seeing him. Not great. Um, I was kind of on the same page you were initially with not a lot of interest at all. And then through listening to your podcast, kind of over time got swayed into being more interested. And then the one... You had with uh, Eric, I yeah. believe. Yep. There's the dude hitchhiked down there yeah. and tried out mm-hmm. and all that stuff. Then it really kind of sparked my interest in it. And I think I contacted you soon after. And you had kind of changed your stance as well. And you were like, let's check it out. Um, I'm disappointed. Yeah. For sure, man. Eric is really the guy who turned me around on it because when he came on the podcast, like I read his article advice and that was sort of piqued my interest. And then you know, hearing him describe the situation with Greg Ginn and, you know, the, the game plan they had, the new album and, you know, just the whole plan, it made it seem like it might actually be something I'd want to check out. But, uh, you know, going to the show and, and, uh, it was definitely disappointing and not, not, and not to say that there weren't good points. I mean, there's definitely some positive things like number one, just being able to see Greg in play was, was rad because, uh, yeah. you know, there's only one guy who can really sound like that. Well, you were lucky enough to see them. Oh yeah. Well back. Yeah. In 86. Yeah. I wasn't, I, I missed that by a, a matter of months, but yeah. still, you know, being, arguably my favorite band of all time, but one of them for sure. Yeah. Just to get to see him perform was cool for me. However, it wasn't enough to make me leave there with many positive feelings about it. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, it, it was good seeing Greg game play, but the whole thing felt really hollow, you know. And, like, all day long it was, like, really surreal saying in 2013 that I'm going to go see Black Flag tonight. You know, it's just like yeah. a really surreal feeling. And, you know, Ron Reyes, for Ron Reyes, I think he did a great job. Um, you know, the guy hasn't been in a band or played music in over 30 years. You know, but still, it just wasn't. In my opinion, he was the worst singer of Black Flag, or at least he's my least favorite singer. I band. agree with that 100%. Yeah. You know, when it comes to the punk and the hardcore stuff, I think Dez is probably, you know, my man for that style. And, I agree uh, with that too. But but you know, for me and you, I think Rollins is definitely their go-to like singer. You know. Yeah. Well, and like I said to you earlier today, on my drive down here, um, I listened to two records that I've listened to you know a hundred times in my life. Being you know everything went black, 
with the, you know, different singers and the early stuff. And, uh, just to really wrap my head around it, to make a conscious effort to like really listen. And then when that ended, it went right to damage and it confirmed what I already knew. Rollins was the man with that, you know, yeah. there's that whole faction of people who, you know, they don't like Rollins for whatever reason. He ruined Black Flag. And I couldn't disagree more. And I know, I think you're on the same page with me there. Oh, 100%. Yeah, to me, like, damaged forward, that's the real shit. I mean, I wouldn't go as far as to say uh, my war forward. Yeah. yeah. I, I love Damage, mm-hmm. but it's probably my least favorite of the studio albums. Yeah. yeah. There's a certain thing on like Damage that I love, though, where it's like there's that feedback. Mm-hmm. And they just bust into the song, and it just sounds like they've already been playing for, like, 20 minutes. And they yeah. just hit play and, re- play and record, just went for it. I mean, I love all their, you know, I love everything. I love their whole catalog, man. I love even the stuff Ron Reyes did. You know, I love Dez. I love Keith Morris. Though I think Keith Morris really came into his own in, in Circle Jerks. You know, I think his, his like, contribution to Black Flag was, was cool. But, like, I don't think he really became... Keith Morris until he was in Circle Jerks, in my opinion, you know. But the Rollins era, musically, was, like, definitely a step in, in a... It was a departure from, like, the typical, like, yeah. punk, you know. Well, Damage was, like, a true, like, punk record. Yeah. You know, I mean, arguably the first hardcore record, hardcore punk record, or whatever. And that's the only Black Flag record that sounds like that to me, especially for the full lengths. I mean, the, the change from Damage to My War... Super drastic. Yeah, absolutely. I think. You know, yeah, I agree. Like super drastic. Um, so I love Damage, but I, I love the later stuff, the more experimental stuff, you know, the longer songs, you know, Nothing Left Inside, Inside yeah. Two of Mine. Sort of slower, like, dirgier stuff. Yeah, yeah. Know. Almost like, you know, I, I hate to say Doom, but... Yeah. I mean, there was... Well, it influenced, definitely influenced Doom. I mean, St. Vitus was on SST. Yeah. You know, like, so this, you know, Shit, they covered Thirsty and Thirsty and Miserable. Yeah. So, I mean, there's definitely some, you know, connection there, but, uh, yeah. Well, the other thing that I don't, that didn't really sit right with me was, um, and this happens a lot of times when bands reform, where, um, you know, Black Flag's consecutive, like, contiguous career was sort of this progression from, like, the sort of simple, you know, Ramones influence, like, punk rock style music into this, like, sort of more complicated, um, you know, musically more ambitious sort of thing they were doing when they got into, uh, in my head. And then, you know, there was this, like, 20-something year lull, and now they're back, okay? But they're playing the punk rock style. Like, they're not taking the cue from where they left off with in my head and sort of going past that, like they're going backwards. And that's sort of my like biggest beef with, with this whole like reunion kick, you know, it's sort of like, it, it's, it just smells of like greed and, and kind of like commerce to me instead of, you know, freedom and like creativity, which has always been the reason why like black flag resonated so heavily with me is cause I always figured they were like, artists and like creative and forward thinking and like wanting to move forward with the music and this just feels like a review of everything they've done in the past you know right 
And I, I wonder if that's a culmination of, uh, you know, with Reyes on vocals. I mean, the only connection there. I mean, I think he was, we sent him like six songs. Yeah. Like, so the only connection there with him is, you know, that old stuff or some of that old stuff. But then that leads me to, to ask, you know, you, they did play new material tonight. Yeah, they did. Um, what was your take on that? It, it just felt like by the numbers, sort of like run of the mill, nothing really mind, mind blowing, you know? And, uh, they're just like a sort of emotionless, you know, statement, you know, there was nothing there for me. And, uh, you know, that, like, you know, I, I don't know, man, for me, like Black Flag is my, is probably my favorite band of all time. I mean, you know, they, they were like the whole SST trip and Black Flag and, you know, Greg Gandukowski team, you know, and then when Rollins joined the band, like Rollins's contribution to the band formed the way I looked at music, you know, and, and influenced the way I approached music and, and sort of influenced me to become like, you know, a musician really, you know, to, to even try to be in a band. It was like, really comes down to like black flag, you know? So, um, you know, to, to sort of like have new material by black flag in this day and age to me is just like completely surreal. And the idea that they recorded new material and I'm checking it out, and it just—it just doesn't have the same intensity or the same impact than any, anything they've ever done. No, you know, it's like it's really disappointing to me. Yeah, I was really let down by. I tried to like fool myself into liking like those two songs they released, uh, "Down yeah. in the Dirt" and "The Chase," I believe. Yeah. Um, you know, "The Chase" is like a two and a half minute like punk. Like Ripper, and then down in the dirt has this just like I don't know. The more I listen to it, the hearing it tonight, it, it's got this like like this fucking urban dance squad, twenty four seven spies. Like thing I was saying earlier, like you know maybe not to that degree, but it's just like this like fucking like hip shaking. Yeah, and that bummed me out too, man. With some of uh, you know seeing a lot of old flag videos and stuff, I never got to see them like you did, but. There was, like, an element of very seriousness with the yeah. play. Like, it was very serious all the time. I mean, yeah, they had TV parties yeah. and shit like that, but, like, there was still, especially once Rollins joined the band, yeah, and they progressed was... away from that, like, traditional punk stuff. Like, there's just a very serious element. And, like, I hate to sound like that, you know, that old dude, but it's, like, there's a lot of, like, smiling. Yep. Like, yeah. You know, like, the hand gestures and, like, the, you know, like, just the, like, the whole fucking rock and roll. How you doing out there? Yeah, like, man. That wasn't part of their deal, yeah. man. Like, they were just this, like, weird, dark. Totally. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it, that whole vibe of it bought, totally bummed me out. Like, the, the little, like, interpretive dance on stage and the, the theremin. I don't need that. Yeah, the <laughs> theremin, man. Yeah. Like, and it was completely, like, not even, you like, tried to be used in a cool way. It's like, all right, we're going to open with this, like, instrumental and he did the same thing he did when good for you came out yep. it was like you know three minutes of like you know i don't know self-gratifying like wanking yeah like, it didn't go anywhere it didn't add anything and then it like disappeared it was so like that other things besides how they actually sounded 
kind of, you know, didn't impress me a whole lot either. Yeah, I mean, like... The presentation. Know, yeah. The, it's like they were there to get the party started, you know? They were there to, like, like be a backdrop, a soundtrack for people to have, like, fun, you know? Which is like... I mean, you know, once again, like, you know, I don't want to be, like, the curmudgeon and be like, well, you know, this is, like, this serious, heavy thing. But it is a serious, heavy thing. It's like the band is, like, not party music. It's not, like, some fucking you know, get the party started, like, shake your ass bullshit, you know, and, and, and to me, the band always was more than that, it was always, like, a right. a more personal, like, intense, like, emotional thing, and tonight, it just felt like some, like, you know, good times, rolling bullshit, you know, and there was a lot of people there, and everyone was, like, you know, going around in circles real fast, and, you know, fucking feeling it, and, you know, out, and out it, in the cheap beer. Yeah, you know, and it just it just made me feel like this is bullshit, you know? And it's like, it made me feel like people will consume anything that you put in front of them that's, that is a simulation of something that they think they want to see, you know, or want to hear, and they want to hold on to something. And it's like, but they're not getting the real thing. They're getting like a fucking simulation of something, you know? And it's it, it hurts even more when it's like, the simulation is being done by somebody that you used to look up to your entire life. You know? Right, like a hero. Yeah, one of your heroes, man. Like, you know, musically and beyond. Just the way they condu- conducted, uh, you know, business. Maybe that's not yeah. the right word, but it's the way they conducted themselves and uh, the work ethic that band had and, you know, everything from the artwork to, to everything about them was just like they were their own entity. Like, it wasn't you said get the party started like, yeah there's plenty of fucking bands for that totally dude. you know Murphy's Law is still playing if I'm yeah. not mistaken yeah and they're, and that's they're, their, they're, their whole trip is to get the party yeah, started yeah right you know? and that was I mean for every TV party there was a police story yep you know for every or movie, movie there was My Revenge right yep. like there was uh, and, and a lot of like those, those like, party songs were like sarcastic yeah there was like I, they were ironic like six pack yep that was funny tonight like you know, six pack. Like, I guarantee you, most of the people there think six pack is like a fucking yeah. Let's get a six pack and like you know throw it down. Like, yeah. They don't get that like the irony of the song. Totally. You know, because it's just like oh, it's just another fucking song. It means nothing. Like yeah, it's good. It's catchy. You know, it's you know it, it has a drag, man. Yeah, <laughs> in a lot of yeah, ways. Definitely. You know, I mean, you know, and, and like. The idea that the band was just this sort of, like, you know, hodgepodge of, like, two guys, two random dudes, and, like, Ron Reyes and Greg was also another uh, sort of point that I pondered on a bit. But, I mean, the argument can be made that Black Flag has always just been Greg Ginn, too, you know? Because part of me Absolutely, you know. When I first heard about this lineup thing, I was thinking to myself, like, how the hell can you call it Black Flag when you got these random guys in the band? But then again, it's just like, yeah, even even the last tour was like Rollins, Greg, and these two random guys. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right, but yeah, but there's that common there's that common thread there from from damage to in my head is yeah. Ginn and Henry Rollins. Right. Like now you got Ginn, who I understand you know, he started the band, wrote most of the songs and all that stuff, but like you know, you pull Rollins away from that equation and you dust off Ron Reyes. You know, you bring him over the border. <laughs> from Canada, because he lives in Canada. From now. Canada. Yeah, I think he lives in Canada. I heard. Yeah, that's what I heard, too. Yeah. I, don't know, I don't know. Right. You know, um, you know that's, uh, that's a whole different... Yeah, they had a revolving door, but, you know, like, the Ginn-Rollins team 
was a solid core for damage moving forward. You know, they had the singer after singer after singer, yeah. but I mean, with you know, they had 15 songs at that point. Yeah, actually, that's a good point. You know what I mean? Like when yeah. they really started being prolific and, and pumping out records and touring constantly and stuff, like it was Rollins and Gin. Yep. So that, and the, you know, I think you've mentioned it before too, like uh, 30 years or you know whatever, 28 years, whatever it's been, dude. That's you're just not the same person you were. Well, that's always been my big criticism of all of these reunions that have been going on these last few years. You know, where like even the you know bands like the Chromags who still play live, you know, and people are all excited to see them play, and and they just played songs off of Age of Quarrel, which is a record that came out in you know almost almost thirty years ago. Yeah, and. I'm not just not interested in that. I'm interested in, in new things. I'm interested in something that's moving forward instead of looking backwards, you know. And uh, I just like don't want to. Um, I just want to keep moving forward with things, you know. Yeah, and, absolutely. Because like whenever, whenever it's something that's like moving, you know, review of review of old material it just feels like Elvis in like Las Vegas, you know. <laughs> You know? Yeah, and I can say that about I Hate yeah. God too, man. Like I Hate God does the same shit. It's like they fucking tore no new record since was it uh, Confederacy of yeah, that, Ruined Lives or whatever. That was uh, that was a long yeah. time ago. And, and uh, I'm a big I Hate God. Fan. I love, dude. Me, uh, the first few records are even even Confederacy of Ruined Lives. That's fucking solid, 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 solid fucking record, man. <laughs> well, the, you know, the rumor has it the new record is done. Um, but you know, people have been hearing that rumors forever. But uh, I, you know, I, I'm guilty of going to see them. Um, actually, was it just once? Yeah, I think just once. Actually, the show that you guys played with, with Brutal Truth. Oh yeah, yeah. Providence. Yeah, I mean, I'm thought, guilty too, man. Like, I thought they were great. Yeah, um, you know, I I don't know if they're great every night. I don't know if they, they like bring it every night. But like. Yeah, yeah, I totally. I mean, uh, hopefully a new album will come out and see the light of day, and like uh, they can, you know, they can march on with some new tunes. But yeah, yeah, it gets it gets old. Like you know, I I've seen uh, for some reason I've seen a, it seems I've seen a lot of these uh, you know recreations of things, and some have been good, some have been bad, and some just have been indifferent. And I wouldn't go again, you know. Yeah. Um, but tonight, I mean. It's almost different to me. Like, most bands can, like, go do that, and it's just, like, I don't really give it much thought. Even if I go, I don't give it much thought. But, like, Black Flag's a different thing to me. <laughs> yeah, man. It's, it yeah. holds some more, like, a, uh, it's just more relevant to me. Like, it's more important to me. Uh, you know, I don't care if, like, you know, the Cro-Mags go play Ninja Coral for uh, 100 years. Because yeah. I don't really have a connection with that on the level. I mean, Age yeah. of Coral's classic yeah it's a great album but I, I don't connect with in it in 2013 yeah. I don't need to see John Joseph yeah. and some other like you know legit like old school hardcore dudes yeah. you know guys from you know Leeway and Sigvidal or yep. whoever he's pulling together like that's fine man I don't need to go see it yeah I, just, I don't connect with that because like I, I didn't grow up on the streets in New York you know I'm not like you know like a streets streets guy like, uh, I was never skinhead, you know, I was never, like, a New York hardcore kind of guy. Right. So that, I love that record, it's a great album, it's heavy as fuck, but, like, I don't sure. relate to it the way I would relate to Black Flag. No. No, me neither, me neither. Um, yeah, uh, 
But then there was good for you. You know what, though? Honestly, I got to say, with good for you, it's like, I believe that the concept of what they were trying to do is cool. The execution was a little bit off. It was a little self-indulgent and, like, I was a little bored during their set. Yeah. However, the concept of it being the sort of jam band, like, kind of blues-based thing, I thought it was a cool idea. I just didn't think that it was really refined to the point where I could enjoy it, like, for whatever, 45 minutes that they played. Well, I bought the record, um, you know, a month or two ago, whenever it came out, and uh, I enjoyed the record, I think, more than I enjoyed the live, trip. live which yeah. is kind of a rare thing for me. Yeah. Usually, like, you know, I really enjoy seeing live music. Yeah. You know, way more energy and stuff. But uh, there's moments on the good for you. I mean, it's not a great record. I'll probably get it. I mean, it's not a great record. Yeah. I'm, I'm a huge Mike V fan. Like, I yeah, like, yeah, yeah. That dude's totally legit. Solid guy. Yeah, you know, yeah, cool. yeah, yeah. Like, you know, I thought, I think there's room for him to grow if they keep doing that. But, you know, I mean, you know I, at the end of the Black Flag set today, you know, Reyes, like, we'll be back. And I was like, oh, fuck. Don't tell me that. Like, how about you won't be back? And, like, you know, if, they, if those dudes focused on good for you, Instead of making it like almost like some sideshow opening for Black Flag and making that like a like a real thing, man, and like I think there's some potential there. Yeah, I agree with that. Although the drummer, yeah, they need to replace I, that guy. <laughs> I think he was pretty solid in the, the Black Flag set, but the good for you set, man. I don't know, like you know, his once again I go back to the antics, but like his whole like you know coming out on the stage and like. Whipping up the crowd and like, yeah, it's I'm just, not into that shit. No, dude. Like, just fucking get down there and like, he's like noodling. Like, I, yeah. it's like the amateur hour. I hate that when bands get up there and like noodling around. Yeah. Like, just get up there and like it's and a little, deliver. It's a little unprofessional. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, there, I mean, there was moments with them. You know, like, you know, Mike V had the whole like, you know, Black Crows like. Dancing with the mic stand. Yeah, you know. But I like his voice, though. <laughs> yeah. I think Mike, yeah. V, Mike V has a good voice. I do, too. You know. I feel like with, with the drummer, though, he was playing, I mean, when he was playing Black Flag, he was playing, like, Robo's beats. He was yep. playing Bill Stevenson's beats. He was playing Chuck uh, Chuck Biscuits' beats. There's some, there's some ref, frame of reference. Yeah, so he, he just was, right. you know, for the most part, he's playing other people's yeah. material, you know, so he was able to conform to that. And then, like, when he was expressing himself on the newer material, it, it was still, like, you know, he was referencing, you know, Chip Bill Stevenson, yeah. Chuck Biscuits, Robo, like, that kind of trip, you know? Yeah. So, it's, like, he had a framework to work with it, but, like, with Good For You, it was, like, more freeform, and it was a little sloppy, you know? Yeah. I didn't get the whole, like, opening... With the same song they closed with, like, that really, like... My friend, my friend Josh... Who was involved in the in the podcast I did with Eric Lyle, the guy you know who went down? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had some insights into that song, fucked up because. Oh really? Yeah, he was. He lived in L.A. for a number of years, and um, and he would see Greg Ginn perform a lot all through the '90s, and I think that song was like a, a sound check song or something like that. When he would do like his so like. Did you know, Greg Ginn put out a number of records. Unfortunately, uh, I do, yeah. Yeah, I, mean, I have all of them, too, man. I don't have all... You have Dick. all of those? Yeah, dude. Dude, I, I have, have Dick. That record. Put out, I don't like that record. You know, Dick, 
let it burn because I don't live there anymore. Yeah, well, what about all the? I'm talking about all the other shit too. Like, but you put out a jam bass and the Taylor Texas Core Eaters. I don't have any of that stuff, but I have, not all right, all right. The great the stuff that's great, Ken. Right, yeah, like, yeah I have yeah, yeah, those yeah. records. Right, there's like um, getting even, getting even. That's another one. Yeah, you know, there's like the the sort of uh, you know the original Gone record I have. Obviously, it's gone. Like, there's a couple of other. Gone well, yeah, records. one and two, right? Yeah, I, I have, have both of those. those. Yeah. It's Those have awesome. moments I enjoy. Well, the first God record is sick. It's it's Sim Kane and Andrew White. Yeah, which yeah. is like you know, and they did that least. last tour with Pink yeah. Lily, and then they went on to do the Rollins band, right? Which is you know, which is awesome, which is great. Oh, that brings up to mind the, the West Memphis Three tour, man, with like Rollins band, not even like the best version of the Rollins band performing Black Flag covers. That was like post weight. Rollins band. Yeah, it, it, it was the Mother Superior version of the band, you know, which was like... Oh, yeah, well, okay, yeah. yeah. So that was way after. It's no, no Andrew Weiss, no Sim Kane, no Chris right. Haskett. I was out of town for that. Is that the, at the Paradise? I saw him here. Well, actually, I saw them in Boston. I saw him in New York. So I saw him here in New York oh, at Urban Plaza. I saw him in Boston at, I want to say, Axis Club or one of those... Whatever it's called, but yeah, it's it was called Axis maybe at one point. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I was for some reason did not make it to either one of those. I was really bummed about it, and it was pretty awesome. Right? It was amazing, and you know, it, I, when when Ron Reyes was singing "Rise Above," all I thought about was how Rollins destroyed that song. Right. You know, and and that's the thing. It's like I mean. Look, man, I don't want to get in the way of anyone doing their thing and, like, manifesting their dreams, man, you know? But it's like, you know, you have, like, a standard that you have to uphold and conform to if you're going to do that material, you know? Especially since Reyes wasn't in the band, really, when that shit hit. Right. So, you gotta, you got to, like, step your own self up to meet that level. And I don't feel that Reyes really was capable of doing that, you know, especially after seeing Henry Rollins perform that with, with, with the Rollins band right. and owning it, you know. Well, capable is the word. Yeah, you know. I don't care what, what he does. Yeah, I mean, he's capable of doing revenge. He's capable of doing those early songs. But, like, I don't think he's capable of, like, bringing it the way Henry Rollins brought it. Well, a, a friend of mine who recently just uh, got into Black Flag, he kind of came up in you know, different circles, not so much the punk rock thing, but like it's actually cool because he's like the last year he's really gotten into Black Flag. Cool. So and he actually likes in my head who's not the best. In my head is my favorite Black Flag album. Man. Right, right, right. Um, uh, which is great, but I, you know he, you know he's heard uh, the two two new songs. He's like, yeah, you know, it's pretty good or whatever. And I'm just like, it can't be pretty good. Like, yeah. if you're going to put the name Black Flag totally. and you're going to put the four bars yep. on it, it can't, there's, there's a standard there. Yeah. And I don't give it, I don't give a shit if it's 30 years later. If it doesn't, I mean, I guess maybe in their eyes, maybe in Gin's eyes and Ron Reyes' eyes, it does live up to that standard because they're the ones creating it. Yeah. But, you know, I can't see, from what I heard tonight in those two songs I've heard, I can't see this record coming. Supposedly there's an album coming. Yeah, there's, there, there's an album recorded, apparently. Yeah. Uh, I can't see that coming out and, like, um, you know, lifelong fans of the band, like me and you, like, people who, you know, grew up with that and really love it. I can't see them getting behind that, man. 
No. I can't. I can't. I mean, you're going to have your people who are just like, they're, you know, they're going to like it just because, but I just can't. I mean, what, it's not many bands I can say that about. I mean, there's a handful. When you put that name on there, it better be something special. Yeah, I mean, it's like, you know, like any other thing, man. Like a guy like Matthew Barney, like an artist like that, you know, he's not going to like, I'm sure that dude produces way more shit than sees a light of day. Right. And he just applies, like, his level of quality control on that. And he's like, all right, cool. This is, like, acceptable for me to put out there to the public. And this is not acceptable. And I feel like Gin needs to do that with his shit. You know, with this thing that he's going to call Black Flag. Why not just call it another Greg Gin solo album, man? You know, it's like... Well, that, that's where the whole argument, or not even an argument, but that's where the whole, like, you know, theory of... Why, why is he doing this now? Like, right, why not Why not just do good for you? Like, you want to do, yeah. like, a more, like, traditional, like, you know, rock, punk, whatever kind of band. He's always, you know, been on this trip of doing, like, jam stuff. Yeah. You want to do, like, a more, like, you know, have some aggressive vocals. Yeah. Do good for you. Yeah. Man. Why do you have to, why do you have to bring, after all these years, yeah, like, what man. is, I mean, it's hard, it's hard to really think there's any other motivation other than money. I think so. And, like... The thing that got gets me every time is like how you know in the last like five to eight ten years there's been these reunion shows going on with all these like bands that you know from the eighties and whatever all these like punk bands and my whole trip was like Black Flag will never do this kind of thing it's always yeah. going to be like that moment in time is like if you didn't catch it that time you're never going to see it right. and then this whole thing of reforming has like crushed my like perception of the band and and it's it's really you know sort of made me rethink you know how much I embrace them you know what I mean I mean I mean granted Greg is a genius I mean he's always going to be like a genius musician well that was the highlight yeah. tonight like watching him play right. was well worth it. When you know uh, the two songs for me, like we said before, we're both bigger fans of the you know post damaged yeah stuff. So when they played Black Coffee, can't decide. Um, you know, I just tried to block out um, the other three dudes and kind of just yeah. like. And, and well, the bass player actually was pretty. Good he was solid, bad, man. Yeah, yeah, he was solid. Did a good he, job. You know, yeah, actually, I have nothing bad to say about that guy. No. he just kind of went up there and did his job. Yeah. You know, and he was solid. Yeah. Um, but listening again, play those songs on guitar was was pretty. That was definitely the highlight for me. Of course, Wilson Reyes trying to deliver Rollins' vocals. I mean. It's not, you just can't not do it. Good. It's not capable. Yeah, like we were saying on the walk home, like, you know, I, if they if he had to go out and, like, dust this off and call it Black Flag, it would have been, a couple things would have been cool. Obviously, if you could have found, even set Reyes aside, if you could have found a couple more guys uh, with some credibility, some history, like yeah. maybe tying it back to the SST days, like yeah. you were saying, like, you know, Hurt George Hurley from the internet or what or like that, that would have been a dream, man. That Just would have been mine. Yeah, like with Greg in. Um, but you know, or or maybe even like you know the same drummer. Maybe like he gets Kira to come out, sure. Or, and and they like they play nothing but process of weeding out and like the instrumental stuff off Family Man, and then you know they close with My War and Jealous again, and like yeah. get out of there, like something. 
where it wasn't like you know the the, the novelty act with like these new like you know songs thrown in. I, I don't know. Um, which no one really knows. I guess we'll never know like the true story of why why these two guys like yeah. we or why why even Ron Reyes? I mean, you could find someone way cooler that has no connection to Black Flag that could get up there. Yeah. I mean, how about Tim Singer? <laughs> totally, you know. How about you? <laughs> Why not, you, man? Why you know, not you? That that well, I, it would have been way cooler if you got some like unknown guy to just front the band. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, it would. Which would have been but, even more consistent with the idea that Black Flag is Greg Ginn, you know. It's almost like he's just settling for this dude. Cause he's like, oh, at least I can tie this dude back to it somehow. Yeah, but like that's the thing, you know the. Uh, what I was getting at, I guess, is like, uh, why these two guys? Like, why this drummer and why this bass player? When, like, couldn't you get, like, I guess almost anybody? Like, there. why is that? I mean, you know, and I'll, I'll even go as far as to say this. Like, I'm, I'm kind of jumping around here, but um, I, no one knows what the artwork for this new albums, right? I guarantee but, you it's not Raymond Pettibone. Well, and that's my point where I'm <laughs> going, dude. Like, I know Damaged wasn't Raymond Pettibone. Yeah, it was a photo from, uh, I can't remember the guy's name. Yeah, yeah. he's a famous dude. He did yeah. a lot of photos on yeah. the LA Punk stuff. and uh, Which is great. It's a cool cover, but it's great. But, like, to me, if you put out a Black Flag album now or ever after Damaged without his art, I would venture as far as to say that it's not even a black fly album. Like, yeah. yeah it's that such a crucial, dude. What other yeah. band's artwork is that crucial None. to, like... None. I mean, aside from damage and, like, like Wasted Again, yeah, the greatest hits thing, I don't think that was Penny Bomb on, on the cover of that. Or Who's Got the Ten and a Half? Yeah, yeah, there's a few yeah, things, yeah, you know. The and I like the sweet 12 inch with like Rambo. In the front. Yeah, but mainly like the aesthetic of his, like that, his imagery yeah, married with the Black Flag music. It was, it was, like, it was, it was total yeah, I told you there's that cool documentary. I wish I could remember the name of it. So I just seen it the other day. Well, we'll find it, man. Yeah, it's like a 25 yeah. minute thing and it kind of goes into. I'll, I'll put a link on the site for it. Yeah, they interview uh, uh, Petty Bond, Tukowski, and Rollins. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's some great stories in there about, you know, maybe why that relationship deteriorated or whatever. And then, like you said earlier, off Keith Morris's band, like, comes out and yeah. it's got Pettibon's art. Like, that's really telling, man. Like, yeah. who knows exactly what happened there? But, like, yeah. you know, if this dude wants to do Black Flag in 2013, like, you can't. I mean, look, well, that brings me to Flag, the Flag version. Like, Regardless of what they're doing, like they're just going out there and doing like, you know, the quote unquote greatest hits deal or whatever. Yep. Everyone in that band, in my opinion, has the credibility oh, and, and the chops to and, get up there. That's the main thing. It's like those guys are gonna go up there, like Morris has been like touring for the last few years off. You know, Dukowski is a fucking madman. <laughs> yeah, he was. You know? He's always playing though. He did. Yeah, he's still playing. He had those bands. He was doing like a band. Chuck Dukowski Sextet or That's something. That's it. Chuck Dukowski. Yep, exactly. And he did the black face thing. Yeah, black face with Eugene Robinson. So super bummed that that did that, 
didn't materialize into anything. Yeah, totally. That probably would have been. I talked, Eugene was on the podcast a while back, and we talked a little bit about the Blackface record and all that. And um, he thought it was interesting because Dukowski became uncomfortable with the name. And Eugene was telling me how it's like, well, you know, I'm, I'm black and I'm totally cool with the name. <laughs> but he was uncomfortable about, like, he thought it was like a racist or something. Yeah, I don't know. There was some, some fucking thing going on. About well, how about this? How about, like, if tonight Eugene Robinson fought right. the black flag? Why not? That would be amazing. How far I mean, is there a better front man? That the would change the, the whole vibe of the evening, man. Totally. There'd be no good times. It'd be like no. Eugene up there. Bad times. It's all around. about bad times. Yeah. In totally. a good way. Totally, man. In like the way you, you want when you go. Yeah. And I was so excited about that Blackface project, man. Yeah, man. It's so excited great. about that. Yeah. If Eugene fronted Black Flag, it'd be like bad times. You'd be up there in his underwear, <laughs> choking someone out, like putting some beer naked choke on somebody. Yeah, people would be uncomfortable. Like yeah, the, whole, whole, like, really uncomfortable. the whole party vibe yeah, would like, be out the window. Yeah. Quick. And, yeah. But the other two, you got Bill Stevenson, who played in Black Flag, yeah, Egerton. and and Stephen Egerton, yeah. who's a sick, the second, like one of the probably, as far as like someone able to reproduce Greg Gaines' guitar style, right. is someone probably the only guy who can do that. Really, he was there, man. Like, yeah, and I'm not a Descendants fan. Oh yeah, I love the Descendants. Yeah, see, I never got into them. Well, I appreciate them. I appreciate I never... them. I like them. I have many of their records. And I felt like they were like the more posy version of Black Flag because like yeah, yeah, yeah. there was that same there was like a, they had those discordant moments in their music, even though most of it was like very sort of pop punk sounding. If I dug into that now, would it not would I not connect with it? You think? No, you would. Yeah. I think that if you got into like the earlier stuff, which is a little more discordant, you probably feel it. Right. Yeah, I saw them on their reunion shit back in the nineties, and it was cool. You know. And I guess that's kind of the the, the, the the gig is like these bands like like you know flag. Yeah, I guess what's your take on that? I mean, yes. well, you know, once again, this is all conjecture. I don't know anything. This is alleged. This is hearsay. This isn't fact. I don't have any any back anything backing this. But what I my understanding is that. All those SST cats never really got paid for what they did on those records. So I think the concept of Flag being out there touring, playing material that they worked on, and getting paid finally, is sort of like uh, you know compensation justice in a way. Yeah. You know, so I mean, I guess on that level, it's cool. And like after seeing tonight's show, I am a little bit more interested in maybe checking out that Flag show. I told myself that. I went to one. I have to go to both. So I, I bought tickets for the uh, show in Boston at the Paradise. I mean, once again, the, my coolest, the coolest part of tonight for me was seeing Greg Ginn play guitar. That was I never, I yeah. never seen Dukowski play bass. I haven't either. Man. So, you know, I mean, worst case scenario is if that. I mean, it can't be worse to me. It can't be worse than what I've seen tonight. Because I have, I, 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 think, I have a feeling it's going to be really good. I honestly, too. Just because those guys are like. I just hope after they do their, you know, they do their festivals, they do their U.S. tour. Maybe they go to Europe or whatever. Maybe they've already been to Europe. I don't even know. I hope they put it to bed. I don't want to see yeah, this coming know. around again. Yeah. Like in, Bo- you know, it's in Boston next fall. Yeah, I, 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 I 
don't think it's going to really go much past. I'd rather see you know Keith go back to off because I like off, man. I mean, off has a whole career right now. At this yeah, point. people. Yeah, right? people dig on this. Even they're solid, you know. Yeah, they'll probably do another album. You know, Des can go back to the top hat and the Misfits. Is Des involved in all in, in, in oh. play? Yeah, really. Des is playing guitar. Oh shit! Okay. Yeah, it's it's Des along with. Uh, Wow. Egerton and... Who's the other Bill Stevenson. Bill Stevenson, right, yeah. Yeah, Egerton. It's Egerton, Dez, Stevenson, Dukowski, and Keith Morris. Yeah. I, with Flag, you're not going to see any of that tomfoolery that went on, on tonight. I, I mean, there's videos of... You know Jason Farrell at yeah. all? I don't know him personally, but... Yeah, I mean, you, you know, know Fred Hair and Swiss and stuff. Yeah, uh, too. We played with Red Hair last month, and he... There's a video circulating around from uh, the first flag performance. I don't know if you've seen it or no. heard about it. It was actually pretty cool what they did. They, they did an unannounced or invite-only unannounced type show at the Redondo Beach Moose Lodge, which is where Black Flag played their first show ever. Wow. And that's where Flag kind of unveiled what they're doing. And Jason Farrell videotaped the whole thing. Like it's like forty-five minutes or whatever, wow. and it's on like you know Facebook and YouTube oh, okay. and shit like that. And it's, I mean, you know, it's yeah. pretty solid, man. Like I mean, I've seen off play and Keith. Me too. Yeah. Brings it yeah. for real. Yeah, 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 yeah. I agree with what you said earlier, though. When it comes to him and Flag, I'm not that psyched on it. Circle Jerks, yeah, yeah. I love both yeah. Circle Jerks. Yeah, Group Sex, and yeah, fucking classic, but. Uh, and off, but like, yeah, as far as flag goes, he's not like one of my favorite guys. The, uh, the, uh, yeah, you know, I, I, um, I think I might have to check that show out. The one at Urban Plaza. Is that really funny down here? Try to check that out. Yeah. Yeah. yeah definitely. All right. So earlier you said we, right. When referring to a music performance. So what the fuck's going on with you musically now? Oh, <laughs> yeah, well, Cable is done. Uh, anyone who knows anything about Cable will probably chuckle a little bit. People who listen to this definitely know that. Yeah, well, they'll chuckle a little bit when they hear that Cable's done. Because, um, you know, we have a history. Yeah. Breaking up, getting back together and all that stuff. But, uh, you know, it's a little different now, everyone. It's been, like, almost four years now, uh, which is the longest hiatus we've ever had. And uh, everyone's kind of moved on. Like, me and Bernie, I played guitar and cable forever. Um, we have a new band uh, called Empty Flowers. It's not really that new. It's just, it's been taking forever to get off the ground. Um, the distance thing, which a lot of bands suffer from now, it seems like. Um, our singer uh, lives just outside of Philly. Um, and our original drummer lives down there, too. And uh, Bernie lives in Manchester, Mass., like, north of Boston, up by Salem. I know where Salem is. I don't know where Manchester is. Yeah, Manchester's, like, like, right on the water. Like, oh. It's pretty, like, swank. It's kind of cool. Yeah. So his wife's, like, a surgeon or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, that's where she kind of found, like, work. So he relocated up there. He works in Boston now. So, you know, and then uh, I'm still, you know, toiling away in uh, the woods in Connecticut. And we we got a drummer who lives in Connecticut, an old, old friend of ours, of mine. Um, so that's cool because we can sort of function normal now. Yeah. Like me and the drummer can get together and work on stuff and Bernie can, 
British have kid too. Oh wow! So that's throwing another whole wrench into everything. It's like every time we gain, like we take you know one step forward, two steps back kind of thing. But we managed to record uh, two albums in the last two years. One of them came out in October of last year on translation loss, and then we just uh, we recorded another album in March that's coming out in August. Um, on the path less traveled. Oh yeah, I know that dude from Chicago. Totally cool. He's doing the CD yep. and, uh, uh, this label from Rhode Island called Atomic Action. Yeah, which, yeah, they put out cable records. Yeah, he's back in business, nice. man. He's like an old friend. Like, yeah, he kind of like you know got cable going as yeah. far as actually recording and shit. So he's doing the vinyl for it, which is cool. Nice. Um, yeah, we just played our first show uh, in May with Red Hair in Rhode Island and that went well and uh, it seems to be going pretty well now the cable's in the rear view mirror and like it's kind of fun to yeah put a closed door on something and yeah put, yeah put, you put know the rest. yeah man we, we you know I'm proud of that stuff dude uh, there's moments you know I think we could have done stuff uh, a lot smarter a lot better you know but put out some records I'm not so proud of you know but uh, I think the last thing we made proud of it. I'm glad we went out the way we did. Like, we played a pretty cool show at Union Pool. It was packed. You know, people seemed to be into it. And I uh, recorded the last record with Joel Hamilton, the last cable record. Um, pretty proud of that. So, it's, you know, uh, I'm glad to be moving on. And uh, I don't know if Empty Flowers is necessarily for everybody that was in the cable, but uh, it'd be cool if they checked it out and, you know, decided that for themselves. So, what, what what's the whole, I mean, you, I just found out today that you had this new band. Right, right. You know, you, I, you gave me your, your two records. That's our whole thing, man. I keep it a secret. Yeah, well, <laughs> what, what's kind of the vibe of the band now? Because, I mean, you're saying it's not like Cable, and Cable was like definitely like a, well, different versions of Cable. Like you guys yeah. started out more in that sort of chaotic noise core. Right. And then the later stuff was definitely more of like a, a heavy rock kind of vibe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we, tr- you know, we tried to get a little too rock. I, mean, I like all how much stuff. it worked out, but um, yeah, this is a well. I don't, I don't really sing in Empty Flowers. I'm not, I mean, the first record I sing in like a few parts, and the last record I sing like a couple lines. Um, okay. Uh, I don't know how to say it without sounding like lame, but we got a singer who like sings. Well, that that's not you know, not that it's lame, it's but like a very direct, yeah, pragmatic statement of fact. So just that alone, it opens up uh, tons of like you know, I think like more people could get into it than they got into cable because you know you don't have somebody dude like screaming at you. That, that turns a lot, you know, that turns a lot of people out the door. And you yeah. know, they, not that I give a shit. <laughs> I don't. I don't do yeah, it. Really. I, don't, I don't do it for that reason. But like. Um, there's a lot more melody. I mean, there's still like moments that are chaotic and it's still like, you know, me and Bernie are the songwriters. Yeah. Me and Bernie were the songwriters in Cable. Like, so like, there's going to be elements of that there. Sure. This is like, you know, we always kind of wanted to try to, uh, progress Cable a little bit more and get a little more adventurous with it, but it never seemed to work out that way. So we always wanted to try to do something on the side, uh, more like this. Um, and then when cable stopped, we just started doing this and this kind of turned into the stuff that we wanted to <laughs> try to mix in, you know? Yeah, so no, there's absolutely. a lot more, there's a lot more melody in it, you know, uh, the vocals are way cleaner. Um, the two records I, I think are totally different. The one that's out, uh, has been out 
you know, for the last nine months or whatever. Um, that's what we had. Uh, our drummer was still living in Philly. It was hard to practice. So it almost sounds, it, doesn't, it almost sounds like a, like a studio project. You know what I mean? It doesn't sound like a, like a band that's been like toiling away. Like, yeah. Or her, I mean, I, I like it. I'm, I'm proud of it. But the new record sounds way more like, like a band that like has been in a practice space work. And it has like, you know, it's a, it's a little even more melodic. It has like, I don't know, just from what people tell me, like, Everything from like Minutemen to Girls Against Boys, the Slint, yeah, kind of all over. Like you know, because I, I know, like just knowing you all these years, I know that um, even though Cable had a very distinctive kind of thing that they did, you you were always into a lot of other stuff. Totally, man. Totally, you know, yeah. Laughing, totally, you know, we love, love you and I both are big Laughing Hyenas fans. And, yeah, absolutely, man. You know, uh, you. you yeah, I've heard you talk about Girls Against Boys a lot before. Yeah, so. big, that was a that was a big influence on me in Cable. Although it didn't really shine through, probably to a lot of people. But like, uh, yeah, I, yeah, I'm all over the place in music, dude. You know, I, I love Morbid Angel. I love Joy Division. Um, you know, I love Neil Young. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, Negative Approach. You yeah. know, all over the place, dude. So this is like kind of a. a I feel like I, like I could let most of that stuff out in the songwriting in this, where in Cable, not that I ever consciously sat down to say, okay, I need to write this type of song, but there's definitely limitations. Yeah, because like you you're, you're already have like a sort of like, you know, method that you apply when you're working within a band format that's been around for a little while. I think that's inevitable, too. Yeah, everyone... Like, you, know. You, can, you know, it's always like a cool idea when you're sitting around going, yeah, man, we're just going to do whatever we want. Well, that's a great idea, but I mean, you know, I'm not, I'm, I'm not like drumming up any like reggae riffs and like, you know, it's yeah. still like yeah. you know, within that circle of like punk, you know, indie, metal, hardcore, whatever. It's still in that, you know, we're not going to get too, uh, too far out. Yeah. Too out in the fringe. Yeah. yeah sometimes it just takes like, you know, um, just working with one or two other people, you yeah. know, and it just sort of opens you up and gives you the freedom to do different things, you know? Yeah, like, I, I mean, uh, like, the guitar, like me and Bernie have been playing together forever, so it's very natural, but, like, he kind of made a conscious decision to not, there's, like, hardly any distortion on the guitars. There's, like, minimal, uh, it's mostly clean guitars, which on cable was, like, almost always distorted. Yeah, you But the it. bass is almost always distorted. Oh, so it's clean guitars with distorted beats. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, um, which is a cool dynamic. Yeah, you know? I'm not so sure yet that it, it works, but it, you know, so far it's working. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it's cool, man. I'm, I'm having a good time doing it. It's, uh, we keep getting offered to do stuff, uh, and we keep keep having to turn stuff down because of logistics and yeah. babies, and mm-hmm. you know, and just, you know, we're all older and have houses. Sure. And, wives and stuff like that but uh yeah man it's, it's a lot of fun we're actually uh compiling uh remixes too oh you mentioned something about that yeah yeah um which is weird because when i listen to our music most of the songs i don't hear as being like your typical kind of stuff to remix but uh yeah we're uh justin broderick did something for us and, that's uh, awesome will brooks um, from Dialect. He used to oh, be a yeah. Dialect. He's okay. in uh, Iconoclast now. Okay. He's working on something. Uh, Kevin Huffnagel from Dysrhythmia. Uh, 
We saw Kevin at the Burrito Yes, we did. And like, yeah. Yeah, I didn't even like, say anything to him. But, uh, <laughs> our singer is really good friends with him. Cool. So I don't I hardly know him. But, Who's the singer in your band? Uh, Christian McKenna. He he runs Translation Loss okay. Records. Oh, yeah, because Kevin had that uh, a record that he put out on Translation yeah, Loss. Yeah, they did, like, reissued one of the yeah. old... Yeah, they put, you know, they put out uh, Mouth of the Architect yep. and, you know, stuff. They put out the... The first Empty Flowers record is on Translation Loss. Um, yeah, so we're kind of trying to compile that uh, slowly. James Plotkin's doing... So I feel like we've got some pretty solid people that seem to be pretty yeah. stoked on it. And a lot of people like the whole remix thing. It's like an ultimate like turn off for them. Like, you know. I, I dig it. It's fun to hear. It's fun being in a band here and people like reinterpret our yeah. music. You know? That'd be cool. Yeah. I don't know how enjoyable it is to the consumer. <laughs> sure people like appreciate that. You know? Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm like still checking out like what I don't I'm like just recently figured out like what remixes really are, you know what I mean? Like I'd never really had a firm, firm grasp on what actually transpires during the remix. You know, me neither, dude. I'm real like, I mean, we have to get uh, stems. Yeah. I didn't even know what a stem was until last year when we actually like had to get them, you know. Jeff Caxide, uh, you know, from Isis Palms, mm-hmm. old friend of both of ours. Oh, yeah. When he was in Cable. Mm-hmm. Um, he did the first one. He's doing two of them actually. Cool. He did one that's out on a seven inch. We did. Uh, it's pretty great, and then he's doing another one. So he'll have actually two tracks on the record. Um, yeah, I don't know anything about that world, man. You know, I just plug my Fender in my Ampeg, and that's how I am. You know, I don't, yeah. I don't even like the whole like, pet like pedals. Like, dude, I've never gotten more adventurous than like a boost distortion, and then like occasionally like maybe fuck around with it. Well, I'm like all about pedals, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah I use a yeah. lot of pedals, a lot of just of you know weird effects in here. And yeah, stuff like that. yeah. I just I always like fucking scared me away. Well, I mean, you know, I'm a bass player too. It's yeah. I mean, then again, Jeff. I mean, his he's got a lot of effects. Yeah, like yeah. But he, I mean, yeah. he's kind of developed his own sound with him. It's yeah. cool. Like I, I'm yeah. a little, I'm a little like not put off by it. I'm a little scared away by it. It's understandable. I mean, when I played in Anodyne, I didn't use any effects at all. Well, yeah, there's a thing, too. Like, in Cable, there wasn't really a lot of, like, room for that. No. You know what I mean? There wasn't a lot of space in Cable. A lot of it was yeah. very, like, you know, get to the point. Definitely. I think like, when I started playing in Persona with Jamie, like, we, um, that's when I really considered using effects. Yeah. I started getting into reverbs and delays and, you know, different spatial kind of effects. You know, then I mean, tunes started up like right overlapping. Like the week after Versoma broke up, I started playing in tunes. I started doing that. Right, right. And it was like some of this material that I was working on in Versoma became stuff on our first EP. Oh, okay. So there was like, you know, this overlap, and I just kind of carried my experimentation with the pedals and effects into tunes. And, you know, I just started going from there. Nowadays, like, I really, you know, I'm kind of deep, deeper into using delays and effects like that, like spatial effects and, yeah. you know, phasers and flangers yeah, and yeah. samplers and things like that. I'm not posting that stuff. I mean, yeah. for me personally, it's more just because, I mean, it's almost like laziness on my part. Like, I should just, maybe, I should, like, especially in this band now, you know, we try not to set too many parameters on stuff. So, you know, Bernie doesn't use a lot of pedals either, though. Like, he's like, 
just he has like the same delay he's had forever and like a distortion which he hardly ever uses um but yeah man I'm, I'm digging doing the new stuff uh I want to work on I want to do something else too you know I it's fun like having this like alter ego kind of but yeah. like now now that I've been away from it I kind of miss like it's like just full the on the brutality of yeah brutal stuff. yeah 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 you know um but yeah, this is you know this is serving my needs for now, and I'm, I'm actually psyched about it. And people seem to be really receptive, and, and you know with the the one show we played and the uh, the minimal amount of you know reviews and press and stuff, people seem to dig it. Like all the reviews were good. I'm looking forward to hearing it, man. Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. Looking forward to you know what you, see what you think of it. Have you heard? I, I do this thing called Basilek. Have you heard that? No. It's like just me, like mainly electronic music. No. It's, um, yeah, it's kind of like electronic style, you know, stuff like that. Do you do, like, is it, like, your guitar, like, through effects, or is it... No, like, it's, like, keyboards, dr- programmed drums. It's all programmed drums, and, you know, but I play bass, and some of the songs have guitar on it, and there's, like, keyboard sounds and synths. Did you release anything? No, it's all on... I have a SoundCloud, and it's just... Someday I'd maybe like to collect all that stuff up and put it out some yeah, you in, should, in a form format. Yeah. But I, I need to put more material together. Actually, one of the, I mean, we earlier we were listening to the Tunes demo for the new mm-hmm. material, and one Which was a great one, one of those. Thank you. I mean, it's hard to tell if it's any good or not. Well, there's a there's a lot of uh, it went it went a lot of places in a good way. Like yeah. it's one of the things I loved about. Path of Totality was, uh, there, there was a lot of, like, uh, you know, ups and downs on the record. There's, there's a lot of mood on that record. Which is, it's just not, like, you know, pulling you from beginning to end, which you guys could easily do. Yeah. <laughs> if you wanted to. But, like, so, yeah, it's, it's a lot of... I remember getting that record for the first time in, uh, at work, driving, I drive a truck, so mm-hmm. I was listening to it, and I, like, literally, like, blown away by it man. really like, yeah yeah I actually like pulled over and I think I like sent you a text like a yeah long, I think I remember like a that. long like uh, kind of like you know this is so great <laughs> but it is dude that record's awesome and uh, yeah a couple of my friends were like are you gonna get to hear some of those new tunes demos <laughs> really <laughs> yeah, yeah. know about this demo yeah well uh, one of my good friends Phil is uh, he loves tunes he's a huge oh. fan and, uh, yeah he's asking me I'll play the whole demo tomorrow morning. I mean, we yeah, love, love we just music. recorded. I mean, this has been like um, actually the recording process started maybe a month ago, and like you experience like right now, I'm the only one who lives in New York in the city. Like we got you know um, Andrew lives in Ithaca, New York, upstate. That's about six hours away. Yeah, it's like four maybe. Four. You know, it's, it's far. Yeah, it's, it's far enough. Garrett, our new guitar player, lives in Northampton, Mass. Oh, no shit. Yeah, and Ben, our new bass player, lives in Philly. I should start a band with your new guitar player. You should. It's yeah. like an hour for totally. You should play with, with Garrett. Um, so, I mean, we try to book blocks. Like, you know, we get together for like a couple days at a time, a few days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just, hammer, just bang it out. It's going to be about work, man. Yeah. Like, there's no, like, those band practices where, like, you play for an hour and then, like, you hang yeah. out. Like, I still feel like, I feel like the total number of hours per month we rehearse is about the same. But it's just done. Exactly. It's done in a shorter, like, an over, like, a, a more, 
like concentrated period of time. Well, that's how cable practices. Like, I feel like we, we actually practice more in empty flowers than we did in cable, and we practiced like every single week. Like, yeah, because it would just like, well, let's run through the set, and then yeah, you know, you know, we're gonna go have a smoke, and like we're then we're gonna bullshit for mm-hmm. like you know three hours, and oh, you guys want to play? Eh, no, no. Yeah. It's like yeah, it's almost in a lot of ways it's almost better. Yeah, because everyone's just. No distractions. We're just there to do it. You can put yeah. other things on hold. Exactly. You know, I mean, I, I mean, I, you know, I like getting together every week and playing and doing yeah. like a three or four day a week practice schedule. It's great. But you know, I got, I got to be honest and say that like sometimes my attention wasn't completely devoted to the practice because you know, okay. you work all day. Yeah. You know, you do. You know, I would go to, like, jiu-jitsu or whatever, and then, like, go to practice after that, and I would be completely drained by the time I hit the practice space. Well, then there's always next week. You know, yeah, when you're always here, we're practicing tomorrow, too, and I'm like, or whatever, and two days from now, I'll be here again. And I just feel, like, a little more productive. And then it also allows me to develop my ideas songwriting-wise. Right. Because, you know, I still spend a lot... I mean, I like being able to spend a lot of time on my own working on song ideas, you know, so... It sort of allows me to do that more. Well, that's the great thing with, you know, technology of, like, I mean, you know, we, we, we make demos and just send them to each other and, like... Yeah, file share. And yeah, we send, you know, yep. full songs. We get together with our singer, send him a full song, and then he'll show up, like, and we just we play it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and a yeah. lot of it we forces everyone to rehearse more at home. And fortunately, yeah. Yeah. the band lineup the way it is right now everyone is into rehearsing on their own, which is, wasn't always the case. That can be a problem. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. That's the only reason the band can exist right now is because people pay attention to rehearsal. I feel I play more now on my own. I make it a point to, like, to go through like whatever our set is or whatever, you know, once a week religiously. Yeah. But then I just play more because I know I'm not going to get the opportunity to like go to band practice. Right. Yeah, like, I listened to the podcast you did with uh, with Ryan. Yeah, he kind of said the same thing. They're in a similar situation to me. And I was like, well, I guess we're not the only band that operates like this, you know? Uh, Um, There's definitely pros and cons to it, though. I mean, you know, it's good on one sense, but also, you know, for me, I I just like the repetition of things. But it it forces me to be in a different, like maybe something that's not as comfortable, and that's good. To be outside the comfort zone is always good. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. well, yeah, the recording pro- I mean, we, we recorded the whole thing in space, in our practice space. And uh, Nick, who, um, our friend Nick, who plays in, in our, our, our space mate, we share a practice space with this band, Van Hall. Oh, I know. Uh, yeah, you know those guys. Yeah, yeah. they were on the end. Yeah. Which is the cable, uh, last cable album was right. on the end. Totally. Yeah. So, I mean, Hall, Hall and us rehearsed together in the same space, and Nick is a recording engineer, so he tracked all the demos and then we mixed it with uh, Eli from uh, from Carbomb. Okay, Carbomb. Absolutely. And that dude is great. He yeah. killed it. The mixes sound amazing, I think. And he mastered everything. And, um, but it took a while to get everything together because, you know, me and Andrew did the basics and then Ben came up from Philly on a different day. And then Garrett came down. <laughs> it's a crazy cat doing his thing. And uh, Garrett came down to do his guitar tracks, and then I did my guitar tracks, and then I would go on over a course of, like, several different nights to cut vocals. 
So, I mean, it was like a, a very protracted sort of project sort of thing, you know. Hey, those are serious demos, man. They sound good, I think. Yeah, they do. Like, like a week of fire demos are on an iPhone. An iPhone? That's crazy. Yeah. Really? Yeah. We're just using like GarageBand or something like that? No. I used a voice memo. No shit. Well, I have a four, I have a, like this fucking cheesy four track. Yeah. That I use right when, when I demo a song, uh-huh. so you can actually layer stuff. Yeah. You know, like on the last record I wrote, uh, there's a song called The Water, which I, I actually wrote on acoustic guitar. Uh, you know, and I wrote the lyrics and I had the vocal pattern, and I just like recorded it. You know, recorded the guitar, then the vocals, yeah. and then sent it to the singer. Uh, but when we like have a new song as a band, we started jamming. Yeah, you know what? You have an iPhone. Yeah. You just hit the voice memo thing. We like put it like on the other side of our space and just like put like a paper towel over it to cut like the highs. Oh, shit. I mean, it doesn't sound great, but it's, it's definitely serviceable. Yeah. yeah. And you can like, you know, email it or text it in like two seconds. Amazing. Yeah. Actually, when I went to see Iron Maiden last summer, I recorded a couple songs with the voice memo. Yeah. And it doesn't sound horrible. It's not great. Damn. Yeah, so, like, you guys are going to do some serious, like, well, I guess you, we don't really know people, like, you know, like, we don't share a space that has recording gear. We yeah. jam in my basement, so it's, right. like, very primitive, you know. Yeah. I'd love to have that opportunity to demo like that. Well, it is a laptop, man. That's really it. Yeah, well, that's true. You know, it's just, like, it's pretty, things these days, everything's, like, really cheap and very easy to use, and it's just, like... You just need a laptop and, you know, maybe, like, some recording software. It's not even have to be, it doesn't have to be Pro Tools anymore. Right, right. You but know? to be able to demo to that, like, you know, to that extent is... is no, I mean... It's Nick, valuable, yeah, though. Yeah, I mean, we... That's Nick, valuable. Nick and, and Eli did an amazing job on the whole thing, and it sounds cool. And it's, like, something that I'm, like... Even though the songs are still, you know... Not fine. In my opinion, they're not completely final. It still gave, gave us a really good idea of like where we're going with the music. Yeah, you have an awesome blueprint that's listenable. Yeah, I mean, we're we're still gonna manip- you know yeah. manipulate things and change a couple parts. Yeah, I know my like vocals, my lyrics are gonna be changing as we go. Yeah, but um, yeah, it was good, man. It was it was cool. I'm glad we did. We got like five, six songs. Well, five songs in that session, then we have another song that we demoed. So there's like five, six songs demoed, and probably all in all, we have about ten tracks for the new album. Yeah, that's awesome. So you know, hopefully, I'm excited for that. Yeah, I mean, it's it's all sort of in different levels of completion. Like right. some of the some of the songs are still just like we're still working on arranging it come finishing parts and things like that. But, you know, it's like, I'm hopefully the next couple months we'll be done writing and then hopefully in the fall we'll be recording, you know, the record. Yeah, and, uh, 2014 release. You know. Yeah, yeah. Cool, so Cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm psyched for that. Yeah, we're, uh, I don't know if we're gonna, we're probably gonna record again before we play a show. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. We're trying to record a couple songs again this winter and just do like a seven inch or something. Uh, well, I mean, if you guys are down for coming down here to play, I mean, we're probably going to do another show in the fall. Yeah, man. Of course. You know? Yeah. There's a, there's another band in, in a Brooklyn based band that I'm really been into recently called Anasazi. 
A-N-A-S-A-Z-I, okay. who are like, it's kind of like death rock, you know, like Christian death style band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So maybe it would be cool to have like us emphasizing you guys play. Yeah, be like a nice so real cool diverse bill. It's like a it's like a '90s show, man. We had like diverse bills yeah. for real, totally. Which is kind of like a lost. Yeah, now it's like all the bands are like you know death metal bands or hardcore bands or black metal or whatever you know. They hate that. Yeah, I mean you know well it depends on the bands I guess. Yeah, it's like three bands I'm stoked on. But it's cool. It's cool to have different shit going on. And, yeah, man. You know, it was like people you know, coming out and stuff like that. Like bands we like, I know you love uh, Rorschach and Dead Guy, like me. And I think of some of those shows, man. I mean, like even if it's bands you weren't into, like like, like Rorschach, like Shelter, Garden Variety, yeah, like Asuk. or Dead Guy and fucking Doc Hopper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They they played all all yeah, the time. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah, I think I've seen that show like a uh, hundred and seven times actually. Dead yep. guy, talk opera. Totally. Chris <laughs> Pierce played in, played the dead guy for a while. That's right. Yep. Didn't he roadie for Rorschach? Yeah, he did. Right. Yep. Yeah, he yeah, was yeah. at the reunion show. Yes, that's right. That's him. Yeah, yeah. We, they used his van, most of his backline, I think. Yeah, we'd love to, man. We're gonna try him to do more stuff. You know, yeah. it's just, you know, Bernie had a kid in April, and it's kind of like uh, just one of the many things that's. Keeps the wheels kind of spinning, but you know it's hard to get older and it's hard to do shit. But yeah, we'd love to, man. That that'd be great. Yeah, we're uh, playing something around that anytime. You know, awesome. we, we got you know we're, we're going through some changes in our like program as far as like some of our like team, you know, it's on the booking level, that kind of stuff. Yeah, so, yeah. But I mean, like at least me and you know, we may be handling that ourselves for a little while. Oh, so yeah, you're looking at our team right here. Yeah. So. <laughs> You know, but but yeah, I mean, there's cool venues down here. Like we love playing the St. Vitus, you know, and uh, so that's that's you know probably where we'll do the show or or the Akron or something like that. Yeah, man, that's kind of like the trip like we want to be on too. Is like uh, play with you know, we just want to play with anyone really. You yeah. know, um, I guess there'd be a few things that would make a lot of sense within reason. You know, but yeah, like you guys uh, would converge or something like that. Yeah, yeah pass on that one. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, 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 of course, man. The deicide and, and broken flowers, you know. Yeah. <laughs> flowers. flowers. Yeah, yeah. Deicide. Yeah. yeah, like, I love Morbid Angel, but if we ever got offered, like, a yeah. spot to open for Morbid Angel, yeah. uh, I'd probably have to pass. Probably pass on that. Yeah, yeah. It, that probably wouldn't end well for us. You know? Yeah, you know, Mastic Fun, you guys, something like that. <laughs> Down here, we would do that. Yeah. You know, in the city. Yeah, that would work. Yeah. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man, we burned them. I don't even. Like, I don't even. Just, I don't think there's like a scene for us to play. So it's like we'll just play whatever we get offered that we can do. Yeah. It's kind of how I feel. We are too, man. In a lot of ways, tunes. It's like you know, like kind of don't fit in a lot of in. Like we don't neatly fit in scenes. Right. You know, which is cool. Like I like. That's that. when you know you have something. That's well, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, none <laughs> of the bands I've ever played in have ever been like a neatly. Right. Shit, band for any scene, man. That was always the problem with cable, man. Yeah. Like, you know, early on, it wasn't much of a problem, but as like, the years went on, and like, things just became way more like, you know, these bands play with these bands. Yeah. We kind of got left in the cold in that one, because like, we weren't like a hardcore band, nope. we weren't a metal band. You know, like, no one gave a shit about, like, we were a little late to the noise rock party, you know? Like, by the time we started to, like, gain steam, like, all those bands were kind of like, fucking gone dude yeah because we, like, we would like 
Uh, you know Glaze Baby? Of course. Yeah, like, we would, like, like want to play with those guys, and people would be like, why the fuck are you playing them? Like, with those guys? Like, how can we not play with 108? Which we did, too. You know. Glaze Baby, I remember, like, when I lived in Boston, they would play up there, and I always thought they were amazing. Oh, dude, so good. Like, that's the thing I used to, like, interviews cable interviews back in those days like you know what are your influences you know all those questions she always loved to answer but it's like you know I was really in like Glaze Baby and Craw mm-hmm. and uh, from Cleveland you know Craw. yeah of course man and uh, you know Jesus Lizard yep. and, you know most people know them but like you said dropping names like Glaze Baby and Craw like even Engine Kid people are like who the fuck who's that did you ever check out La Gratona? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's... Taz was in love. Yeah, Taz, our original And Dana. And from Dana and Kill Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. That... Killer stuff. Yeah. That's another band. Like, if you say, like, yeah, La Gretona, like, uh, who? Yeah, <laughs> unsung. Completely unsung. Yeah, because like, you know, our first record came out on Doghouse. Yep. Our first full length came out on Doghouse. And, like, at, at that time, it was, like, Endpoint. Yep. Falling Forwards. Uh, split Lip. Yeah. Remember those dudes? Totally. Almost yeah. forgot about those those dudes are fucking dicks but whatever um yeah so it was like you know people just like those are the bands we were supposed to play with and like I didn't want to play with those bands I mean they had a couple cool like that band Threadbare was pretty cool I don't know if I yeah I remember cool. yeah Threadbare actually was one of those bands I like yeah yeah in typical cable fashion like we buddied up with this band Tramelon which like you probably know who they are no. there's like dudes that were a couple of dudes were in Endpoint and in that band the Metro Shifter Oh, yeah, the Metro Shifter, okay. Yeah, and they had this band, Tramlaw. It was, like, these three dudes from Indiana, and it was, like, classic rock. I mean, really? it was fucking, dude, it sounded like the Steve Miller band or, like, the Alban Brothers or some shit. <laughs> I thought they were fucking great, dude. I loved it. So, like, we, we would, like, we buddied up with them. Like, it could be two more different bands, you know? And, like, we were, like, they were just cool people, man. And we, we liked them, and, then, and like, they liked us. So, like, we played, show, we played a bunch of shows with them, and, uh, People just didn't get it at all. Like, you know, like, why the fuck are you playing with these guys? They're like, you know, they weren't like fucking cowboy hats and playing. <laughs> and people didn't get it. I understand why they didn't get it. But, like, that's just the kind of, like, approach we had, dude. Like, I don't really want to play with, like, the cool hardcore bands. I really fucking like that stuff, you know? Like, yeah. We got the opportunity to, you know, play with uh, Today's the Day on the Will Power Tour. Which, which is pretty stellar, actually, yeah. That's one of my favorite records of all time. Yeah. You know, we got to play with uh, Neurosis on the Silver and Blood tour and uh, Dead Guy a bunch of times early on, you know, the original lineup and stuff like that. And that was way more up our alley. We were just kind of, we were in this void of like, we didn't really have a home or, you know, like you were saying, but that, I mean, I wouldn't want it any other way. Yeah, that's how I feel, man. Yeah. It's like, you know, you, even in like, the, you know, in Anodyne, it was, it was um, very, lonely and sort of singular, you know, it's like... Yeah, the, I mean, the Melvins only come around so many times. Yeah, you know, and like, we definitely <laughs> weren't, like, cool, like, hip kids like Converge or Caveman. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. You know, and even Isis, who helped us out quite a bit in those years. Yeah. You know, we really didn't fit with that. Sure, thing, sure. You know what I mean? Like, and, and it's cool that we played a ton of shows with those guys, but, like, we weren't really that... Yeah, thing. musically, it wasn't... Yeah the same so we were just like stuck out there like doing our thing you know like trying to find yeah yeah things to do and it was just but yeah yeah I guess the point I mean that's to me man that's when you know you're on to something like 
you know, if we were doing, like, we started this Empty Flowers thing, if it just became, like, this thing where, like, every song sounds the same, and we're like, oh, yeah, yeah, you guys totally you should play with, like, this band, and, like, fucking boring. And, yeah, totally. You know, there's a place for that stuff. I'm just not into it. You know, like, I'm sure I like a lot of bands that are, you know, you know, Morbid Angel, fucking death metal band, period. Well, I don't know what the last album was, but... Yeah, that was... That was <laughs> we'll that. ignore that, yeah. You know, and that that's cool, but like me personally, uh, playing music, I just want to, you know, I don't. I, it's boring to me, man. You know, to fit into like a mold. You know? Yeah, it's almost like being in like a cover band. Yeah, that's how I feel. Hardcore is like I, even back then, I felt the same way. I mean, like back in the '90s, I think I was way more actively into hardcore music, right? But it was never shit that was like popular really you know but you were never in like a hardcore band no I've never per se the closest I ever got to being in like a hardcore band was four before Big yeah. Block and that was like and you and Jeff were in that at the yeah, same time yeah and that was just like for not even a year man. it was yeah. just like a handful of shows and and that band was already pretty much done by the time right. we did it together but I never had any interest in doing that I never had an interest in playing like in a band where all of our music was was basically a, a format, like a yeah. template. You know? I played in a lot of bands like that, but it was like when I was in high school. And yeah. Like they recorded maybe a demo. Like right. We never put out records or like, you know, played more than like a handful of shows at like some garage. Yeah. Nothing of any substance, yeah. you know, like, yeah, man, I don't, I don't, yeah. you know, it'd be great, dude, to make a living off yeah. music, although I'm, I'm a little late in the game for that. Maybe yeah. Maybe. Totally, man. Um, and we're not positioned with this band to yeah. do it because everyone has, you know, careers and families and shit like that. But I don't care, dude. Like, I just do it because I love it, period. It's like, really the only way to do it, to look at it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Even, even like, if you were making a living doing it and suddenly you're like, I need to make a living doing this. It's like, right. you go wrong. And then you just make albums that sound like shit. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. You might, you might be successful for a little while, but you're just going to fucking be soul crushed, you know? Aerosmith, dude. That, exactly. We were talking about Aerosmith earlier, about how, like, in the 70s, they were great. And then yeah. they started making records like Pump and, you know, Pro Vacation <laughs> and shit like that. You know? Aerosmith were fucking amazing, dude. They were filthy white motherfuckers right. just, like, making dirty rock music. I'm not, I mean, I've never, I can appreciate that. Although, I've been, I've never been a huge fan, even of the early stuff. I, I can appreciate yeah. that. Like, you know, if I haven't heard Sweet Emotion a hundred million times, like, maybe I would appreciate it more, but... you got to check out Draw the Line, man. Is that a song or a record? Well, it's a song. Toys in the Attic? Is that on Toys in the Attic? It's a, there's a record called Draw the Line. Oh, that's a good album. Yeah. I that, that's, that. that's the jam. Draw the Line, Aerosmith rocks... I know, I know that yeah. record cover has like a four diamonds. Sick as a dog, like that shit. That's an album too? Well, that's Song on Rocks. All right. It's like, just like I said, man, filthy white motherfuckers. <laughs> you know, just playing dirty blues influence, heavy rock music. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, totally, man. Like, I mean, like that band started before, like, shit was too polluted. Yeah. Like, you know, obviously like it is now, but... Um, yeah, they still gonna play with fucking Walk This Way though tomorrow when they're playing, you know. Yeah. The Enormo Dome and 
Yeah, but now it's it's all it's all over with though. It's finished. I mean, they they they're done. Really, I mean, for thirty years or whatever, it's yeah. been over for them. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, they have a career, and I don't want to ever stand anyone's way of getting paid. You know, but like, it's just I don't have to be involved in it. Really, do they really need to get paid anymore though? I guess maybe you know maybe I know like just from reading and stuff. Like I know that like. During the 80s, like, those guys were fucked financially because they just spent all their money. Up the nose? Yeah, just drugs and fucking cars, cars and, and houses and shit. So who knows what they're doing? I mean, I'm sure that they're, they're not living in an apartment like I live in, you know, they're probably <laughs> kicking it in some legit, like, spot somewhere. Yeah, and I think they're having a lot of trouble. Yeah. You know, but... You know. Yeah, it's a, we were talking earlier, these bands, dude, they just, it doesn't matter, like, if they're in trouble or they live in like you know this fucking crazy mansion, they just keep marching it back out there. Like the fucking Stones, and, you know, from the Fleetwood Mac and shit. Like, who I will not back, no matter what. Uh, I like Fleetwood Mac, dude. Wait, from like the early, early. We were right. Okay, so I shouldn't say that because I, some of the early, early. They're like a blues band. It was pretty cool. wild. Yeah, yeah. But like when I say that, I'm talking about the Stevie Nicks, dude. I love the early shit with Stevie Nicks and Lindsey Buckingham. Like rumors? I love it. Rumors. Yeah, I'm in the minority there, dude. I into cannot it. love Stevie Nicks. Yeah. I'm in the minority there. I don't yeah. I, 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 I love Stevie Nicks. I don't I don't find any enjoyment in that yeah. at all. Especially in two thousand thirteen. I can I can I was listening to Blue Mac about three days ago. Man. No, I mean like uh, like new Oh well, no 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 no. Alright. I mean all right, not not <laughs> like if they put out a new record today. No, I would. How about well, like how about going to like would you go check them out today? No, if not. they were like playing rumors. Back no, I wouldn't. Time. I wouldn't care to see them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm in the minority, man. A lot of people like rumors is like a like even like it's crazy, man. Like like metalheads and like punks and shit like <laughs> back rumors where like I just I don't know I don't. I don't. It's because Stevie Nicks is so fucking sexy, man. It's like it's just not that. Now. She no, looks like Ron Reyes now. She looks like Ron Reyes. <laughs> who looks like Edward James Albos and Abel Ferrara <laughs> crossed together. Driller Killer. Driller Killer, yeah. Driller, Driller Killer era, era Abel Ferrara crossed with Edward James Albos. That's what Ron Reyes <laughs> My friend Matt just turned me on to that movie, man. Driller Killer. I have the 25th anniversary DVD. Really? really? Yeah. He's like, nobody fucking likes this. It's the worst movie ever, but I love it. I met this dude at like a sun show and he had like a driller killer shirt and I'm like, I never fucking heard of that. And I'm like, it's a cool shirt. It's like, yeah, you like that? <laughs> I don't know what 20, it is. Tony Coca-Cola and the Roosters, the band. That's it. I was thinking of start a cover band like doing that shit if you're in. It, it's a good film. I mean, especially Abel Ferraro went out and do some great shit, man. Like fucking Bad Lieutenant. Oh, yeah. You know, it's just yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. The sure. roots of all that shit's in that movie. I, I enjoyed it. He, he gave me a copy, my friend Matt gave me a copy of that on DVD. He's like, you're going to hate this. I'm like, I actually enjoyed it. I thought it was pretty cool. I mean, I'm a sucker for, you know, fucking be... It's not even a horror movie, really. Kind of it is, man. It's about to like, do a drill, killing Yeah, yeah, like, but that's not even like the, like... It is, but... It's more like a taxi driver tip. Yeah, yeah, yeah like, like, like a... It's almost like a little 42nd Street. Like, yeah, like a grindhouse film. Yeah, yeah. It's not a grindhouse movie, though. Like, it's cooler than a grindhouse yeah. movie. Yeah. yeah, I love Abel Ferrara though, man. Like, there's a there's a film that he did called Blackout. The Blackout. I never seen that. 
That's his. That's his best movie, in my opinion. It's really, black. Is that after Driller Killer? Yes, it's in the nineties. It has Matthew Modine. Okay, right. Beatrice Dahl, French okay. actress. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Sexy motherfucker. <laughs> Her. It has Claudia Schiffer model. Dennis Hopper. Is this movie available? Like, can I get this DVD? I have a DVD. Yeah, and I think that you can buy it. Yeah, I can. You can buy it. I'm pretty sure it's still in print. All right. It's like the most emotionally exhausting film (laughs) I've ever seen, dude. Really? Yeah. It's like you get the impression that it's like one of the most personal movies ever made because it's like chronicles the story of like an actor who's like incredibly successful, who's addicted to drugs, you know, like Abel Farrar. Yeah, sure. You know, director, not an actor. Right, it's but, a ballpark, though. You know, he loves drugs, or he right. loved the drugs, or I don't know if he still does or not. Something really horrible happens, and he has a blackout, and he can't remember what's going on. And he has these dreams, he's plagued by nightmares of what he thinks happened during that period of time. Interesting. And then he, um, you know, finds out what happened. And, you know, spoiler alert, it's too intense for him, and he just kills himself. Crazy. Brutal. Yeah, now I need to see that. Yeah. Add that to the long list of movies I need to see. Yeah, you know, the future style's naked in it and shit, and that's awesome, always great, you know. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't hurt. Nah, it's great, <laughs> man. And uh, it's just a fucking intense movie, man. Schooly D soundtrack. I think Schooly D's in a lot of his films, man. It's like Schooly D's music is in Bad Lieutenant. It's in uh, a bunch of his movies. I didn't even realize that. Yeah. And, um, Holy shit. Yeah, Abel Ferrara is a fucking powerful director, man. And The Blackout is... That's that's the film right there, dude. I will check that out. Uh, you know, on the, on, the, on the theme of Blackout and Black Flag... Do we have any time to talk about the Black Sabbath album? Yeah, sure, man. Because uh, I know that's a, one of our other favorite bands. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> Slayer, Black Flag, and Black Sabbath. That's like the triumvirate of bands for me personally. You know, I don't trust anyone <laughs> unless they like those three bands. Dude, that's a great. I don't know. You know, that that's probably a Mike Hill original, but uh, <laughs> I, I've heard uh, Buzz say that about oh, really the, about the Beatles. Which, Fuck the Beatles. Um, with you 100%, dude. I love the Melvins, and, and fucking Buzz is the real deal all the way. Yeah. Fuck the Beatles, dude. I, Black Sabbath is my Beatles. It, you know, that's how I feel too, man. Like Flag, Black Sabbath, yeah. and Slayer. I would add, Beatles. I would probably add Neurosis and the Swans. All right, yeah. Yeah, now, yeah, we're going. And, you know, I could go all day, but I would yeah. throw the, you know, the original incarnation of the Misfits in there too. Totally. Yeah, you know, which stems Sam Hain dancing, which I love too. That, that, that's all right. That's the body right there. Right, <laughs> definitely. Like, cut off there. But yeah, yeah, yeah. So I never, yeah. I never got the Beatles, man. Like, me neither. Never, me neither. All I heard was, I mean, like, I mean, I'm not going to say that they're like, you know, they're completely invalidated, but it's like they never really connected with me personally. Never moved me, man. Like, yeah. I have every Beatles uh, recording that, like, a friend of mine, uh, my friend Chris Nelson. Yeah, I don't know. Do you know Chris Nelson? I don't think so, no. 
He moved out to LA with ISIS. He, oh, Chris he, Nelson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I know. yeah. Okay. He's a huge Beatles fan, so like you know, he would, like force it on me sometimes. You know, They'd go camping, and be like, oh, let's listen to the Beatles. But, you know, so I have, like, every record on, like, my hard drive that he just, like, gave me. Yeah. And, like, you know, from, from hearing them my whole life, uh, I could probably make, like, a 10-song record uh, that I would could listen to once every five years. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, I'm with you, dude. Fuck the Beatles, dude. I don't, I don't get it. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not my thing. If it's your mean, thing, that's cool. It but, doesn't influence me at all. No, but, uh, like, yeah. Then, but Sabbath, though. Yes. I'm, I'm going to see them. Me too. I'll We're both there. going to see them. Yes, we are. The new record, I think, is great. Me too. Yeah, maybe it's not great compared to Paranoid and like Masters of Reality and no. things like that. Right, but, right, right, right. But it's like for for them to come out and make a record, it could have been a lot worse, man. Absolutely. And I like it. I know people are going to be like, "Oh, fucked up," you know, thirteen the record bullshit, whatever. Right. Whatever. Don't fucking listen to it. You know. Well, plus, I mean, I mean, how old are those? 60s. Yeah, and I mean, you know, like it or like it or not, I mean, the record's, it's, it's solid. You don't have to like it, but like, it's, it's fucking played well. Dude, that, what song is Loner. it? Uh, yeah, Solo. Yeah. I only solo on there. It's like fucking mind-melting. It's the real it's deal, so, like that. So fucking good. It's so fucking yeah. good. It's the real deal, definitely. Yeah. Like, you know, and I don't know what happened with Bill Ward. Like, would it be awesome if Bill Ward was on the record and delivered a great performance? Yes, but, like, is he capable of doing that? The word on the street is he's not. It comes back to what you were saying, man. Like, you know, you want to put out something that has a fucking fucking standard to it, you know? And it's like, if you can't do it, then you shouldn't do it. Exactly. When was the last Black Sabbath record uh, with the original lineup? 70s. It's a technical ecstasy. Probably, yeah. So... Yeah, it's a little even a longer window than Black Flag, right? Yeah, because yeah, then there was the Dio era, then there was like the 90s where they had like those different singers. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was just yeah. Tony Iommi and like Carmine Peace and stuff like yeah, that, and, like yeah. weird, you know, people involved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, looking, uh, I can't remember the other Super singers. Team Purple or something? Who sang on Born Again? You know what? Born Again. Born Again. I appreciate that. I, at the time it came out, I didn't like it that much. It's better now. Yeah, yeah I like it more I listen to it now and I like it. I don't love it, but it's, you know. There's some heavy riffs. Yeah, yeah. sure, sure. Uh, but, I, you know, at the end of the day, whenever this Black Flag record comes out, I'm, I'm sure it's not going to be as good as the Black Sabbath record. No. There's that's no a really good, that's a good point to make too, man. Yeah, like, you know, to kind of come full circle with it, back to Flag, like, I, there's no fucking way, dude. Because I've already heard two songs from it. Yeah. And neither one of them do anything for me. No. You know, in the, in the Black Sabbath record, I mean, like, the first song on, on the disc, like, when I was listening to it at work, like, I was like, this is fucking, this is good. Yeah. This is good. Well, I scanned it, when I, when I downloaded it, I scanned the titles, and I saw there was a song called Loner. So you went right for it. I was like, this is fucking song I listen <laughs> to, man. This is like the jam. Yeah. And I went right to it, and it was like, just sounded like Sabbath. Right. Right. It had that sound, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I like it too, man. I'm actually psyched for the show because I, I passed on the... I had a chance when they originally got back together. Yeah. Did you go to those? No. Me neither. I, I seen a, those. The reason I didn't go, I seen them perform at David Letterman. I think it was their first performance back. Like, 
I think it was on Halloween, like nineteen ninety eight or something. It was fun. They were doing like Oz dates and things yeah, like that. It was that. not good, man. Yeah. Even back then, um, the award looked like, you know, well, just cashing the chips in. Yeah, yeah, it was rough. So I was like, you know what, man? I don't, I don't want to fucking, I don't want to see this. And then I always regretted it after. I regretted that too. So now this time I was like, you know what, dude? The worst they can do is not be good. At least they can, like. Say so you win. Yeah. Yeah. There's a guy that got a bunch of big shows. I'm going to. I mean, you know, there was tonight, or you know, Black Flag. Sure. There's Sabbath coming up. Yep. Depeche Mode. They're playing in Brooklyn. Yeah, actually. my singer loves them. He wanted to go to that too, but he's not. They're 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 not cheap the tickets, but I'm going. And then Godflesh, which I got tickets for. Yeah, that's that's a solid few months of, of good shows coming up for me, man. I'm stoked about that. Yeah, know? I'm going to see the Roses again. They're playing in Providence. August 24th. Okay. And uh, Lustmore is opening. Really? Yeah, which is cool to the fan, but I've never seen him perform. Um, yeah, that's it? They're just playing Providence? So far. There's no other dates out there. Damn. Yeah, which I thought was, like, really bizarre because, you know, I the figure Boston and Providence. But it's cool for me. Man. It's uh, a cool venue. They got, like, seats in the balcony. When I went to the show at the Masonic Temple, we went up to the balcony. Yeah. And, uh, I, I watched it from the balcony. Not not the last time, but the time before. Time before, yeah. Time before I was on the floor, you know. And then, I don't know, man. The older I get, I just like fucking, especially if like a band like Neurosis or the Swans. If you give me a seat, dude, I'm all about it. Yeah. I want to just like take it, take in. it in. Yeah. I could have used the seat tonight, man. Yeah, me too. I could have used the seat I'm sitting in right now. <laughs> As opposed to a seat at the venue. I, 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 I got to say, man, like I'm glad I went on one hand. But on the other hand, I kind of wish I'd watched the UFC tonight. <laughs> and, you know, I was actually more, cur- more curious about whether or not Dan Henderson beat Rashad Evans than like watching fucking black this version of this this thing he called Black yeah, Flag. The thing they call Black Flag. Like when when they started playing, you know, going back to like my biggest disappointment when they played Rise Above, I was like, man, right. this is not not my thing, man. But. No. Yeah. No, all in all, it was a, a, I'm glad I went. Yeah, it's Otherwise, something that I feel like if I hadn't gone, I would be bummed. Yeah, asking myself forever, like... Yeah. Did I really miss something? You know? Yeah. But... So anyway, dude, it's late. Yep. We went pretty good. We I think did. we got a good good session in. Yes. And, uh, you know, thanks for sitting for this, man. You know. Thanks for inviting me, man. Cool. So, uh... As far as like, um, you know, empty flowers. Like, do you guys have a website or any, you know, any presence online? Yeah, we got you know the usual, the Facebook. So it's uh, just, you know, empty, how we, yeah, empty flowers at Facebook. Uh, we have Bandcamp, which is empty flowers. <coughs> Bandcamp.com. Um, some stuff up there to download and check out. And your LPs are available. Like, you can, they can are they on iTunes? Yeah, uh, the first album's on iTunes. It's also at translationloss.com in their store. Okay. Um, uh, we're going to be setting up our own store eventually. We can get everything from us. You know, cool. Records, t-shirts. And the new record will be out early August on Path Less Traveled, the pathlesstraveled.com. I think the pre-order is up for that. Cool. And the vinyl will be coming out on Atomic Action. Nice. Full circle with Atomic Action. Huh? Yeah. Nice. Good dude. Really good dude. Yeah. So... And, uh, you know, once again, you can subscribe to um, Everything Went Black podcast on iTunes. 
We're also on Stitcher, which is an awesome streaming app. And that's pretty much how I listen to all my all the podcasts I listen to. And then you can also check us out just at everythingwentblackmedia.com. And um, as well as the podcast, there's blog entries and, you know, other stuff like that. So anyway, thanks, Randy. And uh, yeah, so thanks for listening. Take care.